After hearing his brother play, Ray Correga knew that he wanted to play drums. Percussion playing has taken him around the world to 15 countries and New York while serving his country. Now he shares his journey with us on OTP. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Now, first of all, before we do anything, I see that set behind you. I, I, what kind of drum set do you have back there? This is a Gretsch Catalina Club. This is my kit that I keep at home. I take it out sometimes for some shows, but typically this uh, is what I use at home. And this is my practice kit. There you go. There you go. Like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. All right. I've had it for a while now, and it's it's traveled all over the world. So it's a good kit. <laughs> well, that's a nice lead into um, you're in the Navy, Raymond, correct? That's correct. Right now. All right. And uh, that's how we got connected up. Uh, first of all, tell us about, uh, you know, where you're from. Um, was there music in your home and with your siblings? Let, let us start out there. Sure. Well, I was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and I grew up in Old Bridge, New Jersey. Um, it's about 40 minutes outside of New York City, 45 minutes outside of New York City. Um, my parents weren't musicians, but music was pretty... It was, you know, there was always music on in the house. My, sure. dad, my father loved The Temptations, so I can <laughs> remember listening to that a lot growing up. The Four Seasons, stuff like that was always played in my house. And um, my older brother, his name is John, and he started playing drums when he was in sixth grade. So when he was in sixth grade, I was like five years old, and um, I had an interest pretty much ever since then. So your brother had a big influence on you to get you started. Yeah, he was definitely the biggest influence for me to start playing. Right, right, right. So then you get into school and you start playing there. Um, now I want to I want to touch on this here because uh, on every episode, and I talk to musicians, there was something about the instrument that brought you in. You know. Um, my my uncle played sax. My dad played drums. But um, what was that drive besides your brother? I mean, did you love the sound, the the feeling, the beat? What what was it for you? Yeah, I probably just thought it was cool. You know, <laughs> like you know, when I was like younger, I probably just felt like, well, if there's you know all of the instruments that I could choose from to be in, you know, like school band, drums right. was I felt was the coolest. I don't know right. if I had a connection to the sound or right. anything like that. I just remember thinking that that was cool or <laughs> maybe I thought it was cooler than everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Not saxophone. <laughs> no, the saxophone's cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I just wanted to do whatever my older brother did. Um, so and maybe, you know, if he played a different instrument, I would have wanted to play that instrument too. Oh um, uh, yeah. But that's just kind of how it how it ended up. Wow, you know, it's fascinating that how much of an does your brother know how much of an influence he had on you? Yeah, he does. He does? Yeah. That's right on. Right on. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, he can he can turn around and say, "Look, this is uh, you know I sh I showed him everything I know." And I, <laughs> you have to keep paying him out of your paycheck, you know. Right. <laughs> so what happened now? Um, 
Talk a little bit about your music education coming through and getting into high school there. Sure, yeah. I, I joined the school band in um, sixth grade, and mm-hmm. I started playing drums just in band class. Um, started learning the basics of how to hold the stick, how to read, and I really loved it. And after my first year, my grandmother bought me a drum set. And it was a Mapex. I don't even remember the, um, you know, like which, what it was exactly, but it was just a, ma- a Mapex. It was black. And um, it had a hi-hat and one cymbal and <laughs> first kit. And I played on that all summer, the summer of sixth grade. And that's kind of when I started to really fall in love with the set. But at that time in school, there wasn't really much for drum set. Like maybe there was a couple jazz band tunes you can get on drum set for. So I uh, got some lessons at some point in middle school that um, maybe lasted like maybe six or eight months. Was that your grandmother you said brought, bought you the drum set? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> you know, because uh, I just had a um, another episode I talked to yesterday with um, um, some friends of the family, um, and their son plays trombone. And, um, well, I, I take that back. He plays drums. They play trombone. And um, the dad said, uh, David said, you know, when he came home, he wanted to play drums. And I was like, well, you know. <laughs> How did your mom think about that, having the drum set? A lot of parents I've had the experience, they were like, oh, couldn't you pick a flute? You right. <laughs> um, you know, they were pretty supportive. You know, I, uh, I the drums were in the basement. Okay. And... Um, you know, they let me play really whenever I wanted. Obviously, like, cool. I couldn't play it like super late at night, but yeah, they let me, they let me bang away. So, yeah. you know, yeah. shout out to, to the parents for being yeah. easy going about that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. So, you know, you're up in high school. Uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, you, you did have an opportunity to play in jazz band up there in high school. Yeah, I played in jazz band, um, but the big thing was marching band. I was oh, okay. in the drum line. I played snare drum in the drum line, and that was huge. Um, but what was really the coolest thing about high school was, it, you know, at that time in the early 2000s, um, I went to high school from 2002 uh, to 2006, right. and um, everyone played an instrument. Like, all of my friends, like, someone is played guitar and someone played bass and someone sang and then you can start a band and i was in a bunch of bands and you know you'd go to someone's house on a tuesday after school and you jam with them and then you go to someone else's house on a wednesday (laughs) and jam with them and it was really cool and then what was even cooler is at that time there were you know clubs that were kind of getting older and dying dying out um, that were really popular in the 80s and 90s in like New York and on the Jersey Shore that sure. were allowing teenagers to come in and play on like a Friday evening <laughs> or a Saturday evening or a Sunday. A jam night. session. Yeah. So, you know, you'd go to the club and they'd give you a stack of tickets and you'd sell them to your friends <laughs> and you, you'd have a show. And right. uh, that was really, really cool um, because it was like every weekend some kid was playing somewhere. And if you weren't playing, you'd go see your friend. And, right. if, you know, if you had your own show, hopefully your friends would come and see you. Right. So it was cool to be able to do that as a teenager. Yes, yes. Now, um, do you remember what type of music were you playing in? So at that time, it was really like the music video 
kind of generation. Yeah. yeah. You know, so whatever was on TV or MTV, I guess you can say, or VH1, I think had a lot of music right. videos too. Um, that's what I liked. So I loved rock music because, you know, I loved watching drummers yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So we tried to just emulate whatever was on TV and whatever we liked. So I can remember like loving like the band 311 and right. the Red Hot Chili Peppers system yeah. up and down like uh rage against the machine you know right. you just want you wanted to be those guys like we had a show once in um at the stone pony in asbury park uh -huh. and we just all decided me and all my friends were like 16 that we were going <laughs> to shave mohawks into our head you know <laughs> you know so I love there's it. Like great pictures of that you know from when we were so young and we used to take our shirts off when we were on on stage <laughs> just like you know we wanted to be what we saw Right, so that right. was really really cool and a really fun time, and I, I still keep in touch with a lot of those guys that I used to play music with. You know, um, let's touch about that a little bit. You know, I how much of the music has an influence on the young population, and how it motivates that listener, that young listener. In making a literally a decision about your life, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You, okay, okay, at that time, were you thinking, okay, I want to do this for a living? Well, yeah, definitely. Like, <laughs> you know, I definitely knew that, like, I didn't want a, a quote unquote real job. Yeah. You know, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with it. Right. I just yeah. knew that, like, if I could figure out how to play drums, Mm -hmm. I wanted to do that. So I, I remember um, when I was a freshman in high school, the band director from, we had, I grew up in a really big, uh, pretty big town. So mm -hmm. we had two middle schools, right? Okay. And the band director from one of the middle schools needed a drummer for the eighth grade graduation. Right. So I somehow got a phone call. I guess they called my, my mom or dad. They're like, hey, can Ray come? and just play this eighth grade graduation i need someone to do it right so right. i walked in and i you know i read the music i played like snare drum for like pomp and circumstance and yeah. stuff like that and he handed me 20 bucks <laughs> yeah i don't know if that yeah. was like totally allowed but i was like 14 <laughs> and i remember going home and i showed my dad i'm like look he paid me 20 bucks i'm like if i can just play drums maybe <laughs> i can maybe i can just make make money you know yeah. so you know, at that early age, I, I definitely was thinking like, oh, maybe I could do this. Like, maybe this could right. be a thing. Right. Um, right. But, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to, to think like that when you don't know a lot about the world. And, it's, and right. you know, at that time, not everybody was super supportive. I mean, my parents were, but, you right. know, when you have like guidance counselors and teachers right. and, right. you know, and no disrespect to them because they're yeah. only trying to help you, but yeah. well, they'll say things like, you need a backup plan, you need a backup yeah. plan, you need a backup plan. <laughs> That's how you start to think, you know? Yeah. So I, I've said it. I have to be transparent, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, there's truth behind it, you know? There's yeah. reality behind trying to do that and how hard it is. So you nail something in there because what you're talking about is passion. You started growing that passion mm -hmm. for the music, for the instrument. And you're right. As a, as a, um, do you have children? Not yet. Okay. So I don't know, man, you know, when you get your children, you might, your, your mindset may start to change a little bit, but 
you know, when your children come in, when you're young, you're just thinking, boom, right. gas to the pedal, you know. But um, you took that dive on on the percussion and, and went forward. So now you're out of high school, you got your buddies, you're jamming, you're playing. Where do we go from there? So I took like a year and I got like a job in my hometown and I went to community college. Mm. And I really didn't play much music because all my friends left to go to college. Okay. And, there you uh, go. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> left. And um, I thought maybe I would do drum corps. Um, mm. I auditioned for a couple drum corps um, in the area and I didn't really like it. Um, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. And I was studying music at the local community college, like mm. learning for the first time, like really understanding like theory Mm-hmm. and oral skills and and i was taking piano and mm-hmm. um i just remember when i my brother was going to to school for music mm-hmm. oh and okay. i went up to visit him and i saw um as someone's senior recital okay and i was like i need to figure this out like i have to do this <laughs> you know, i thought it was so cool and i was like you mean you can really like live on this campus and just play drums all day <laughs> yeah it's like that's really, what a world. Yeah, like I, you know, I didn't know that 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 was even a possibility. Right. So I auditioned um, and I got in, and um, yeah, I started going to music school. I so I, I was like a year later than I should have been because I took right. I took a year off, so to speak. Right. And I went to Montclair State University, and um, I studied uh, percussion. Well, at first I was studying music education. Okay. Like, because it was ingrained the in backup. The, the backup plan. Right? <laughs> and then by the time I was a senior, I really decided that I was like, I really want to just go for it. So I changed my major, um, officially changed my major my senior year. Although there were some other things that were going on there. I wasn't mm-hmm. like actually taking any classes towards the education degree by the time I was in my junior year and stuff like that. Right. But I ended up with a degree in percussion performance. I see. I want to stop on that for a minute because how many times have we heard of people like Jared, my son, you get in that fork in the road where I call it that, that in college, whether you're saying, you know, okay, do I really want to go into education or performance or it was a little different for me back in the day. I I knew I wanted to teach music, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I, you know, you had to get those skills up. And so you really got on that track of that, getting that percussion um, degree and going in there. Did you have, what was your fear like, or were you just right into, okay, I'm just going to go and do this without any fear or what have you? Because a lot of the kids, let's face it, people are thinking about making money. You, yeah. you made that 20 bucks, but <laughs> now you're in college and you're going, okay, I got to buy a car. Right, <laughs> right. I, mean, I mean, what I was, did you think? I was scared. I was petrified, <laughs> you know, and I'm like 20. You right, know? I, was, right. I was absolutely petrified, but, um, you know, you don't, you don't grow unless you ever overcome that fear. And right. in, in, in a really weird way, I was actually more, I had more, a, a bigger fear of being a teacher because <laughs> you know i i feel like that's a much more difficult job and i have so much respect for people who are educators because 
it is, you know, tireless. It's, 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 you know, thankless and it's difficult. And the people mm-hmm. who can do that are so strong. And I, I wasn't like that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't see myself doing that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty passionate about music and I'm right. passionate about education. Right. And right. I said to myself, I'm like, I don't want to be the guy that discourages a student from wanting to do music because I don't like my job. Right. And right. Maybe that's a, a pretty mature way to think as like a 20 year old, but yeah, right. I had a pretty serious conversation with um, my teacher, my, mm-hmm. you know, my uh, um, drum instructor at the time. And he was like, well, you, you really got to think about it. Right. Right. You know, and that's the decision I ended up making. So I just want to say shout out to all of the band directors that are doing it right now and shout out to you. Because I know you were Appreciate a band director that. for 30 years, and I, yeah. I really, really have a lot of respect for people who, who do yeah. that. So thank you for your service. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Well, you know, that, at like you said, at that age, and you, as, as you have the luxury now, and we all do, to look back, is a critical time to, to really do some in-depth thinking about your personality, where you want to go, and to have that thought, because let, let's be real, we've all seen teachers, heck, I'll go a step further, parents that um, just really didn't put any thought into what they were um, going to go to the next step and not doing a very good job on either area, or you can say that with any profession. But when you think about it, ahead of time. Although I want to say when you were mentioning about your playing, you know, I have a theory that when when you get to your level of playing, that thirst to to share what you're doing with others, I starts to grow. Have you felt that yet? The need to private lessons, you know, teaching. Yeah. Um yeah. I definitely believe in sharing as much as I can with, with people who are enthusiastic about playing music and playing drums. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm always welcome to taking in students. Um, at this time, I don't actually seek students out. Right. Um, but if uh, there was a young kid who came up to me that was like, Hey man, can I take lessons with you? I mean, I'd be happy to. Right, 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 right. Now I want to go back because I, I've got my notes here, but I, I sort of get on a tangent. Um, through your college uh, career, you got into other aspects of percussion. Talk about that because our audience, someone that doesn't know percussion, I, and I had a lot of kids coming in, they'd think, oh, drum set. Um, so expand a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, actually, I'll tell a quick, a funny story. So, mm-hmm. you know, in high school, I was probably one of the better drummers. Um, I played, you know, snare drum in, in marching band and I was always playing the harder parts in band class and I was playing drum set with a bunch of bands. So, you know, I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I thought I was pretty good. <laughs> you thought you were hot shit. I thought I was hot shit. <laughs> and uh, I get to college and, you know, now everybody's hot shit. Everybody, <laughs> you know? Right, right, so right. I get into my first lesson and um, my teacher asked me to just, you know, he's like, let's start with the first stroke. <laughs> and I hit the drum and it was like, no, that's that's wrong. So... 
it was quite a shot to the ego, but it was humbling and it was the right thing that needed to happen as like an 18, 19 year old, because it, it helped me start to understand how much work goes into being a great musician. And, um, you know, from just playing snare drum with him, I started to move on to learning how to play mallets. So I learned how to play vibraphone and marimba and xylophone and glockenspiel. Mm-hmm. And then I learned how to play triangle and tambourine mm-hmm. and right. timpani. And I learned how to play congas and bongos and cowbell and, right. you know, really learning how to play these instruments. Um, you know, I, I guess you can say like correctly, you know, or thank you. Thank yeah. You. Like understanding how to approach them right. um, and how to get the correct sounds out of the instrument. And um, it was really cool. I yeah, I spent a lot of time, you know, by myself in a practice room, just practicing, you know, right. hours and hours. And um, I used to, so my alarm used to go off every day. I want to say it was like at seven o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning. And I would go to bed at midnight every night. Right, right. Because this is another funny um, story. It's the same teacher. I had a lesson and I was supposed to tune I couldn't get the timpani in tune to play this timpani solo. Right, right. Right. So he just said, he's like, listen, Ray, if you if you want to take um, this seriously, you know, you're really going to have to start figuring this out. Otherwise, you really need to reevaluate what you're doing at music school. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he opened me up, you know, he opened me up to like really start to think about a lot. And I knew I really wanted to do it. And he gave me good advice. He's like, listen, man, he's like, if you want to go and do college shit and party and right. hang out with girls or whatever, right. yes. cool, go ahead and do that. But he's like, right. you have to get your ass here every morning. Right. So I made it a point to do that. So if I stayed out late, yeah. I still got to the practice room. If I was yeah. studying all night, I still got to the practice room. I just made sure that it was, it was, it was a serious part of my time there. And um, yeah. I kept that discipline with me. Actually, I really learned that that type of discipline in marching band. Right, right. You know, and yeah. I kept that through college, and I s- still keep it today. Yeah. Wow. Because you, when you were saying that, for me, it was the girls, and <laughs> <laughs> and in college, and uh, at one point, I just got pissed at my horn. I wasn't developing the way I wanted to, and I got disheartened and. I said, okay. And um, Mr. Seals, my private instructor, God bless him, he, um, he said, look, don't show up, um, you know, if you're not going to take this serious. Mm-hmm. And uh, added a few other colorful words. And eventually, you know, I, I had to, I think all of us make that choice at some point because, you, you know, we know. We've got to be serious about what you're doing. I want to also address what you talked about with the instruments, because I think some of our audience, people in our audience, when you look at that that instrument behind you, I don't think we all understand when you're playing the cowbell or that triangle, what it takes to make sure you get the right sound out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 you took me back into teaching middle school and, you know, I had a triangle uh, and I remember the, one of the kids saying, oh, I don't want to play triangle, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, if you don't play that correctly, it's bad yeah, <laughs> for the yeah. piece, you know, yeah. and taking the, uh, and you, the discipline to really take this instrument 
the triangle or glockenspiel or whatever it may be, you might have in your mind that it's a minor part, but it is a major part of what the composer wants out of the piece, you know? And, and as a musician, you really are dedicated to learn all of those instruments. But percussion's a whole nother animal. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I remember one of the first times I heard someone else, like, who didn't know how to play, like, that's impressionables <laughs> yet. And I was like, oh, now I, I get it. Like, you have that, like, the bell goes off in your head or, like, the right. and you're like, oh, now I see why. Right. Now I see why it's taken so seriously. Now I see why they were like, you know, you need to stay in a room and just hit the cymbals yeah. until you yeah. get the right sound out of it. Yes. Um, a lot of what we do is, as percussionists, is, you know, we, we're adding effect right. to, the, to the music, you know, um, and it's so important to play musically. Uh, and to serve the music the right way. So yeah, sometimes at the end of a piece, the very, very last thing that happens is you in the back of the orchestra holding up a triangle and you have to hit it as softly as you can. But if you don't do it right, yeah. it's not going to sound right. You know, the, the whole, yeah. the nuance is gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. Um, right. I kind of miss it in a way. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I miss that. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun to be able to do that and to learn all of those instruments. Right. And don't you think, do you think that percussion drums, I mean, you get a bad rap, uh, pardon the pun there a little bit, um, because everybody thinks percussion uh, drums, it's an easy instrument. You hit it, and I got a sound. Right. <laughs> you know, if I pick up the flute, if I pick up the guitar, I mean, it, you can strum, you can get a sound, but, it, you know, you go, boy, that does. But how many times I've had you know, parents or kids come in and say, well, that's such an easy instrument. I'm going to pick that. Right. But it's, and it's the most, I'll, I have said this a thousand times. It's the most important instrument of whatever ensemble you are in. Yeah. Well, they say you're only as good as your drummer, right? And bam. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. We got to shout out to the bass player. The bass player and the <laughs> yeah yeah we're the we're the anchor right we're the we're the rock yeah. ultimate sound yeah I, right. I agree I mean um I mean I'm biased obviously you know <laughs> as a drummer um but I I think it's I think it's a very difficult instrument to understand um yes you know and I I think you know it's easy to look at like someone on TV or something like that and seeing someone just like hit it yeah. and just just think it's easy you know because anybody can hit any, you know, I can hit this wall, yeah. like, hit my yeah. computer, whatever. Yeah. But when you actually put a sticks, uh, a pair of sticks in someone's hand and they actually start to try to they're like, Oh, right. Wait a second. Yeah. This is actually much more difficult than I thought. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, but there's something visceral about just hitting something. Right. So right. Just right. Assume it's, it's easy. <laughs> and, and, and not, and uh, I, you know, I want us, us to take our time on this because, I want to make sure that, you know, people that come across this video, how serious the percussion part is. And you're dealing with the tempo. Yeah. <laughs> right. I want to cuss, but there may be some chill. The tempo, yeah. man. Yeah, and, yeah. and if you got a drummer that drags um, or, and it, it could be on trap, it can be on snare drum, whatever the case may be. 
but and and that's another thing but is when you put a percussion section together you're dealing with multiple people having to be coordinated together the mm -hmm. bass drum player the snare drum player blah 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 and that's a minor miracle in itself yeah 100% <laughs> um i remember i was at a gig this is after college and um i was chatting with the guitar player from the band and uh he he was telling me he i don't remember exactly what we were talking about but he just goes man he's like you'll never know what it's like to play with a bad drummer you know <laughs> obviously obviously because i am the drummer but <laughs> he, he was just making that reference like right. oh, man, like it's really difficult playing with a bad drummer so you know not to put anybody down but yeah it's yeah, important to, to understand what good time is and how to keep good time right, um, right, right. It's, it's important to understand like you know whether you need to play directly on with a metronome or a little bit in front of it or a little bit behind it or understand how to, how to get the feel correct yeah. um what the band how to make the other members of the band feel comfortable right um that's so important um, and it takes a lifetime to figure out. I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, right on, right on. Yeah. Okay, so let me get back to business because <laughs> we could go on for days on that one. Um, so you, you get out of college and what happens? So I get out of college and um, a good buddy of mine, we're still friends today, his name is Frank Shaleri. Um, he was starting a band and um, I auditioned for his band and I got in. And um, we started playing clubs um, all up and down the Jersey Shore and oh, in New okay. York and in Philly, uh, down in Atlantic City. Um, oh, cool. So we were doing like bars and clubs and casinos. And <laughs> we were doing um, the pregame show for the Jets and Giants up at the stadium. Oh, right on. So that was a lot of fun. And then we eventually started playing some high-end weddings and we started doing corporate parties. So we kind of eventually transitioned from playing like clubs and casinos to it was like, you know, like 90% clubs and casinos to like 90% weddings, you know, we kind of just switched it. Um, and I did that for man, from the time I was like 23 until I was about 29. Uh, so that was like a really cool time in my life because I had now figured out a few things about myself um, mm. and I started to really understand what people want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started to understand how to keep people on the dance floor, yeah. how to keep um, the people engaged in what you're doing. Um, right. Cause it's very different. Like that setting is very different than like a concert. Yes. You know, a concert, people are coming to see you play your instrument but in this case, people were coming to to party, party, yeah. <laughs> so my function was different, um, and it, I learned a lot. And you know, th there's other stuff that you learn about getting playing lots of gigs. Like you know, you start to understand how to load and unload. You start understanding how you know how much it sucks to drive. You know, <laughs> two hours after you know after playing until two o'clock in the morning right um you know the, the you know you start to understand like how important sleep is and how important <laughs> having a good meal is and yeah taking care of your body yeah yeah you start you know you start to see that stuff um and then you know i started to really start to understand how what sounds i was producing mm -hmm. and what mattered most and what didn't anymore right you know so we're playing 
pop tunes and old time classics and right. rock and roll, like, you know, songs that everybody knows, right? Yeah. Covering. Covering, yeah. yeah. So I started, I started out with this like really intricate setup and I was using all this type different shit and I was like, oh, this is going to be for this and this is going to be for that and I'm going to use this and this too. And, I'm, and then eventually after a while, I pared everything down. Right. And I was just like, you know, I need to really be like middle of the road with my sounds. I need like a nice bright crash, a nice yeah. dark crash, yeah. some hi-hats that get the classic, you know, chick-chick sound, right. a, a ride cymbal that can cut. I need a snare drum that could be, you know, like high-pitched. And, you know, I used to throw a towel on it so I can get low, a low pitch too. Right, right, right. But that bass drum. Yeah. That bass yeah. drum needs to be what keeps it going. So I used to, my bass drum, yeah, it was fat. It was just a yeah. big fat sound. And um, and then I also used to set up an SPDS X, uh-huh. um, which used to get me my hand claps and my right. 808 sound. So I started to learn how to like right. keep my left hand kind of just became quarter notes yeah. on, on the pads. And then I play the the groove with my right hand. Right, um, right. And I keep my foot going, you know. Yeah. the whole thing you know given the four on the floor yeah. and yeah it was a great great experience and you know you, you end up playing like a hundred tunes in a night <laughs> yeah. you know you play for two and a half hours straight right. or whatever the case is you do four 50 minute sets at a casino from right. 10 o'clock at night until three in the morning whatever it was yeah and yeah i definitely cut my teeth doing those gigs it was a lot of fun yeah you know a uh, couple of things on that um the connecting with the audience you know, you're out there and you're watching the audience and then you're getting a feel for what worked and what didn't work mm-hmm. along with the tone. You know, for example, yesterday, I mean, I was just playing, working around with just my mouthpiece, you yeah. know, <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot more involved on the sax, but but um, for percussion, you're dealing with multiple different things for getting the right different tone there. And I think, again, a lot of people don't understand what it takes to make it look so easy when you're up there on that stage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's phenomenal. Yeah, and, yeah. And, of, and I want to make sure everybody, you know what? I love sax, the horns and everything. But when people come in, they feel the first thing they, they feel the beat. Yeah, I, I can prove because people, you know, nodding their head, right. you know. Right. <laughs> and if you drop a beat on a fill... You drop a beat, it's like, what the heck happened? Yeah, they know. <laughs> it's like they know, but they don't know. But yeah, they know, exactly. you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, the CD skip, you know? Right. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, there you go. So you, you're doing all those gigs, and did you think that was what your life was going to be? Um, I, I, You know, I, I knew this much that I just wanted to play drums. That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> That's that was it. So I just knew that if I was playing drums, I was happy. So yeah. at that time, I mean, I was just having fun, right? And I, I, you know, I was just in it. And you know, it wasn't the only those weren't the only gigs I was playing. I was, sure. I was doing other stuff. I was playing in a, a trio, and I would um, play for like musical theater um, people when they would do like showcases and stuff like that, and. Right. I would get, you know, random other gigs that would just come by, come through. Sure. Um, so I was working, you know, and, right. you know, the 20 bucks turned into 
more. Yeah. Goodness, right. But um, yeah, I, it, it was a really good time because, you know, looking, it's easy, like you said, it's easy to look back on it and be able to reflect, but I learned so much about myself and about my playing um, right. that th- that was a really important time. So did you, um, I, I'm going back to another episode, um, uh, a student of mine uh, that, that plays locally, Tina Marquez, she's a drummer. And we talked about the demons in the head. Did you have a question yourself about how, what direction or how well you're developing and you're playing? How, how did you deal with those kind of things? All the time, all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, I still do, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know but... yeah, I remember at that time I was, I was trying to take, like whoever would give me a lesson, I would, I would take a lesson, you know. Yeah, yeah. Whoever would would allow me to um, come to their studio and play for them, I would do it. So that kind of helped me mitigate a little bit of that because while I wasn't looking for validation, I was looking for someone to say, hey, maybe you should work on this. Like it always felt helped me keep my mindset in a way that I was always progressing. Yes. You know, little by little. And um, yeah, there is something to be said about like consistently challenging yourself because Mm-hmm. then it makes you feel like you're moving on um, or moving forward. Right, but right. to stay in the same place right. and then to seek validation, like, yeah. hey, don't worry, you're doing good. Yeah, That's not the right mindset to have. So um, yeah. I was always lucky where I, I was always trying to challenge myself. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, again, I didn't realize it at the time, yeah. <laughs> you right. know. But looking right. back on it, I was like, oh, yeah, I always kind of kept that mindset of just trying yeah. to get better and, you know, trying to learn. And right. sometimes it's not always just sitting down and playing, you know, right. Right. sometimes right. you read a book. Um, yeah. Sometimes you watch a documentary. Sometimes you yeah. do some ear training. Sometimes you go and you see a show. Yeah. Yes. yes. You know, so if you're always if you always have that mindset, like you're you're growing and you're learning, yeah. it's 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 easy to fight those demons, you know. Yes, yes, and and listening to other players, mm-hmm. and and players that are you know better than you, and trying to say, man, I got I got to step up. My, you know, you remind me of another buddy of mine, Jay Blair, who sort of you know he's in his eighties now, and he sort of remind me of him, the stories he's talked about when he was younger, you know. So um, just trying to uh, navigate that world of playing and then that other world. Now, were you married back then? or you, ju- you were married to your drums. I was married, yeah. I was single. I was married <laughs> to the drums, man. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Uh, and it was, you know... Um, it was, I'm not gonna say it was the best time of my life, you know, but <laughs> it was, you know, cause there were some lean times where, you know, there right. wasn't really any money coming in, but right. it, it was, it was great. You know, right. I have no regrets about it at all. Sure. Yeah. 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 It is what it had to be for you mm-hmm. to be where you are now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now what happens? You're, you're over and you're gigging uh, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Why, why make a left-hand turn at Albuquerque? <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> well, it was, um, you know, I was getting to the end of 2016. Mm-hmm. 
or it was like the summer of 2016 and I really was, I was just looking for something different, uh, you know, and I really wanted to just see what else was out there. And there were things personally in my life that had nothing mm-hmm. to do with music that weren't going right. that well. Yeah. Um, and I started looking up some auditions and some gigs and I had missed a bunch of like open call auditions and I had missed a bunch of deadlines. But um, a good buddy of mine, his name is Jonah David. Um, I saw that he was another guy from another drummer from Jersey mm. who had been a professional musician and he had joined the Navy band. Okay. And um, I had just called him one day, you know, and I was just like, hey, man, can you tell me about this gig? And, you know, he gave me the, the rundown. We spoke for like two hours and um, I ended up setting up an audition in um, Newport, Rhode Island. Mm. And I got pre- I prepared for it and I went up there and um, I won the audition and I had I just decided I'm like, OK, you know, <laughs> I'm going to do this for, for four years and we'll see what happens. Um, wow. Yeah. And then I, I left for the Navy in February of 2017. Wow. Now, wait a minute. I got to back you up. Sure. Because I even said this with Jared, you know, I mean, the bottom line is when you enlist, your your life is on the line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, when it hits the fan, um, you know, drop the drums, drop the sax, <laughs> yeah, grab, the, yeah. grab the M16, uh, you know, whatever. And um, so that was a leap for you. Yeah, uh, massive. massive. Yeah, yeah. And thank you for your service for sure on that, man. Thank you. So you, you take off and how how was that in your mind and, and and tell us about that journey when you started well the trans- the boot camp of course yeah yeah the the even the transition just up to leaving was <laughs> yeah. you know because yeah. i had like i had like sold all my belongings and wow. i lived in my parents house you know i'm like 29 and i'm like living at my parents and then i like lived up at my brother's house for a little while which was my old apartment anyway with him. Did and, they think that it was a good idea? They said, yeah, for the yeah. most part, everybody was supportive. Um, yeah. Some people were worried, you know, yeah, of course, of course, you know, yeah. um, but for the most part, everybody was pretty supportive of me. Um, no one, no one tried to like legitimately talk me out of it. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it was a weird time because, you know, you end up really with just like, honestly, at that time, I literally had like my clothes and my drums. Like that was all I had, you know? So I go, I go to boot camp. Right. I go to uh, Virginia for a little while. And then um, I got orders to to serve in Italy. And I lived in there Italy you know. for four years and Man. toured Europe, the Middle East and Africa. And it there was an awesome experience. Take us into that journey. Where did you go? The people you played for? Sure. Paint the picture for us. Yeah. So I get there and, um, you know, the first thing I did was eat pizza, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I started playing just kind of in the general area of Naples. I, I, was, I was living in Naples and stationed in Naples. And then once 2018 hit is when I really started to, to do international travel with the band and stuff like that. So... I went to Spain, I went to France, um, I went to Kosovo, I was in Cyprus, um, I was in Belgium, I was in 
Latvia. I was in Luxembourg. Um, I've performed in Israel also. Um, I was in Africa for two months. I performed in Nigeria, Ghana, (laughs) Ivory Coast, Senegal, Cape Verde. Um, I also was in Ukraine. I was in Ukraine like seven months before Russia invaded. Oh, man, really? Yeah, yeah. That was at the end of my tour. I'm glad you said that. Now you're giving us a timeline here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was I was all over, and um, you know I was also like in the north of Italy. I was in Sicily. Right. Sure. So, and then not to mention at that time I was also doing my own leisure travel. So I was still seeing right. places just on my own. Yeah. I performed in Malta. Um, it was amazing. It was yeah. one of the coolest experiences of my life, and I certainly don't regret it. Yeah. Sure. Uh, um, it, you know, I was there even during COVID, and yeah, um, right. yeah. I still still had a, a an amazing experience there. And I'm, yeah. you know, I'm an Italian American also, so it, right. it, and my family parts of my family come from Naples, so yeah, it was really right. cool to be able to be there, right, right. You know, so uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was amazing, and um, I uh, I'm super grateful for that time. What type of uh, bands and ensembles were you playing in? So I was first i was just kind of in like the ceremonial band and the parade band and stuff like okay. that and then eventually i was in the pop the pop band mm-hmm. then I, then uh most of the touring i did is when i was in the brass band okay and uh, that's like when i went to africa and stuff like that right and um then i was in the combo mm-hmm. and i was in big band uh, um so yeah the, the mostly most of my time, I was actually in, in the combo because the last like two years or so, I was in the combo. Okay. Okay. And um, cool. yeah, I mean, you, you get a chance to play in a lot. I, I, you know, of course, so there was the wind, wind, wind ensemble where I, I right. always played Alice and stuff like that and in wind right. ensemble. So yeah, there you go. Well, that's, that's a great lead into the clip we're going to play. Sure. Um, uh, for the listeners, uh, Kind of uh, give us a um, an idea of what we're going to see and what you're playing here. Sure. So at that time, this was during COVID. And what we were doing is we were partnering up with a music group from Mauritius. Mm. And the style of music is a fusion of saga and jazz. It's called segaz. So what you'll hear is you'll hear a basic kind of 12-8 feel like, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Boom, dun, dun, dun. But you'll hear the accent on the second triplet. So it's and you'll hear that kind of throughout the whole the whole piece. Okay. Um, you'll definitely hear it like you'll hear um pretty much a four on, four on the floor on the bass drum, right. and you'll hear it on the snare drum. Boom, right. bugat, and um. It's the combo. It's the Naval Forces Europe and Africa band combo. And oh. you'll also hear a group of musicians from Mauritius. And they're all students, which is even oh. cooler. Oh, cool. Yeah, all all, right. it's, a, it's a group of student musicians. And in the video, it's just the drum cam. So it's just on. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's take a look. Thank you. 
Oh, man. That's some good stuff right there. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You had fun doing that. Yeah, that was great. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I wrote a note down. Talk about the feel for percussion. Just the, the feeling that you're, as you're playing, what is happening in your body and your mind as you're going through this something like that playing yeah so there's a ton of improvisation almost right almost all of it is improv you know i i have a general idea of what i'm gonna play right um in terms of like when the music changes and when the form changes like i kind of know what i'm going to be going for right um but it doesn't necessarily mean i'm going to play everything exactly like that that's in my mind so right something i try to do and i learned this from um, a, one of my favorite drummers, his name is Mark Juliana. He says, you can't, you can't really like plan for the unknown, but you can prepare. Right. right. So I try to keep myself prepared. Um, right. and what that means for me is constantly, you know, putting myself in a position where I'm always improving. Right. And right. something I learned from when I was taking lessons with Billy Martin from Medeski Martin and Wood, uh. one of the things he used to make me do is just start start it out start out my lesson just, just play me a drum solo right yes yes just yes. play you yeah. know don't worry yeah. about anything just play it right and i try to um keep those two things kind of in mind while i'm right. doing something like that right but i also have to serve the music yes so yes there there's like all and you guys like what does it feel like there's like all of the feelings inside right you're like a little bit anxious but you're super excited and you're super right. confident but you have no confidence at the same right. time <laughs> like oh shit wait i have this idea and there's i don't know who said this I, so but it's it's like there, i forgot what drummer said this but it's a really funny quote it's like if you're thinking about playing it you probably shouldn't yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but right. i just remember that um i knew i had one take uh, to do that and the right. reason why is because the video was on me and right. it was going to be like well if this is the video that i capture of you it has to be the audio right because i'm not going to be able to sync it up so you have to play the same thing every time and i was like but i'm not going to yeah exactly you know so that was that was that was maybe maybe i think i had stopped it once before that we were playing i was like no like let me get a second take at it right so that was the second take, but I did that all yeah. in one in one shot. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you know, um, when I had jazz band at, at the school, one of the things I would tell the drummer was that when we're doing improvisation, sax, you know, trumpet, what have you, um, but for the drummer, you're you're always improving. When you're doing a fill, you know, mm -hmm. what have you, and. If you're not comfortable with that, you've got to get used to your skin. you got to get used to the water that you're in to do that. And, um, you know, there are some people that are not comfortable with that improvisation part of the music, you know. Yeah, it's, it's not an easy thing. Um, you know, something that I think about that a lot of musicians do um, is they'll, they'll, let's say they're like, you know, they're about to play their performance. It, it's with the big band and they know they have a solo coming up. Right. It's supposed to be an improv solo. Yeah. But they'll spend their time practicing like certain licks they're going to play during their solo. Right. So what you kind of end up doing is you you you're taking these things at, in a different context and trying to insert them into into a, a, an improv context. And 
it's always going to be different if you're really improving. Right. 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 Um, so if I can just, but if yeah. I can take it back, um, when I graduated college, I started playing regularly with two musicians that I used to play with in high school all the time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, their names are Justin and Brendan, and we form a group called Fredo. And <laughs> What we used to do is we'd go into the rehearsal studio, you know, we'd pay for our time, two, three, four hours, right. and we would improvise the whole thing. everything. Right, right. And if there's any, I learned mostly to really improvise from doing that. Yes. Because yeah. the hours that I put in with other musicians improving helped right. me harness that and take that with me when right. I'm in a situation like in this video. Sure, sure. Yeah. So you can be in a practice room improvising. That's great. Right. But you got to get with other people. And sometimes you got to turn the music stand around. Yeah. Not, don't look at any music and just don't yeah. play a tune. We're not going to play anything. We're just going to, all right, just, man, it off. We're in. We'll figure right. it out. You got to so, jump off into the water. Yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> metaphorically speaking, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so where are you where are you now and what's your future look like? So now I'm stationed um yeah, I reenlisted and I'm stationed in okay. Washington State. Mm -hmm. And I play drums for Navy Band Northwest. Mm -hmm. Um I am currently the um the you know, the band leader, so to speak, okay. of right. the pop band and the combo right. here at Navy Band Northwest. Um yeah. It's it's an awesome experience. I'm learning a lot. Um, I right. get to travel the Western United States. I've I've never even been out here before. I moved out here, so <laughs> I've, I've never seen the West before. Right. Um, and I have about a year and a half left on my orders. And okay. um, as far as what the future is concerned, I I, I don't know. I'm <laughs> very much a musician where I don't really like to make any decisions until right. it's time to make the decision. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I also I um. I sub at a few churches in the area. Um, cool. I was the house drummer for um, a jazz jam that we set up for students. Uh, there you that go. ended uh, a few months back. And now um, I'm coaching the jazz band or the rhythm section for the jazz band at Bremerton High School, which is oh, the okay. local high school here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been really cool. I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling coming up um, right. this summer. Yeah. which will be a lot of fun. And yeah, I'm looking forward to the summer. There's a lot of stuff going on in the summer. Great, great. Uh, you know what? I smell a little bit of that music education seeping in there somewhere. Down yeah, the road. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, we're, we're going to um, close off here for a minute. But before we do, talk to our audience about why music. What, for those that may have... Uh, played in high school, college, and then life got in the way, moved forward. Why keep music in our life? Oof, man, that's a, that's a, a deep question. <laughs> I think, I think um, the, the question, I would almost answer it with a question like, okay, could you imagine your life without music? Right on. You know, yeah. I can't. Yeah. Even if I couldn't play, I mean, you're, you know, yeah. you're still gonna, you're still gonna listen to it. It's still gonna right. be a part of your life. So, whether you play once a month or you play with other people or you're a professional, yeah. it doesn't matter. I mean, it's art. So, yeah, as long as you keep it close to your heart, 
um and you love it and you do the right things for it it'll you know it's always for the right reasons food for the important yeah food for the soul yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah um i had a um episode with another uh musician and he was talking about another sax player older person that had a stroke and their one of the arms could not use and he got the sax uh built so he could play the saxophone with one hand one arm and uh that just sums it up right there you know Mm -hmm. yeah and man i appreciate i love the the talk yeah, thanks for having me. It's nice to meet you. You know. Oh, nice to meet you. And you know what? Uh, keep an eye on you because you're gonna do great things moving Thanks. forward. And when I see you on TV, I'm gonna say I taught him everything he knows. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God bless you. And I want to thank the audience uh, for coming in. You can find uh, on OTP on the podium. And thanks for being on the podium today, Ray. Appreciate it. And uh, uh, you can find the podcast at. Uh, any of your venues where you find your most favorite podcasts check us out there don't forget to subscribe and uh let's go on out there and play all the right notes that's right (laughs) you've been listening to the podium if you would like to be a guest on the podium email the show at on the podium two at gmail.com that's o-n-t-h-e-p-o-d-i-u-m T-O-O at gmail.com.